This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 157. How and why to journal even if you are not a journaler. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. It's no secret that I love to journal. If you're part of the 3 and 30 community on Instagram, then you might have seen a photo I posted recently of me with a tower of storage bins stacked almost as tall as I am, and every single one of them is filled with journals. When we moved a few years ago, the friends who came to help us were so confused as they carried in boxes. Um, here's another box that's labeled Rachel's Journals? (laughs) So I may have a bit of a journaling problem, but that is because it has been so helpful to me throughout my life to process my emotions and experiences. I have to admit, though, ever since becoming a mom, I've struggled to consistently make time to journal, even though I know how powerful it is. I just have very little alone time, and when I do, it feels too hard to try to put my pen to paper and make something coherent come out. In today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing someone who is possibly even more excited about journaling than I am, which is saying something, and she's going to give us lots of tips for how we can make journaling a part of our lives and why it is worth the effort. Before we jump into the interview, I wanted to remind you that I've created a journal specifically to make it easy and impactful for moms called Flux of Gold, and it is on sale now. This journal is a place for you to gather the golden moments in your motherhood, those little simple joys that happen every day, even on the hardest days. Things like your baby learning how to walk and tentatively toddling around the house with his arms outstretched, your soft pillow when you fall into bed at the end of a long day with the kids, or your teenager being unexpectedly kind to a younger sibling. As moms, we need a place to record these moments so we don't forget them. And as we record them, we will start to notice them as they're happening and gain new gratitude and perspective for our lives. Go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to check out how beautiful these linen-bound journals are and how unique the three-year documenting format is. I love how they turned out, and I truly believe every mother needs one of these, and they're on sale this week only as part of my gratitude sale to celebrate the launch of the journal. They're $5 off per journal, and they'll never be priced that low again, so stock up now for gifts for the moms in your life, and that's 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold. And speaking of meaningful gifts for moms, I have another unique idea for you for any woman in your life who is headed into a postpartum season. I don't know about you, but I was not emotionally prepared for how difficult postpartum would be. I wasn't prepared for it to be so painful to go to the bathroom and breastfeed. I wasn't expecting the strange physical symptoms and panic attacks that happened to me as my hormones were leveling out, or how overwhelmed I would feel trying to recover physically from a difficult pregnancy and birth, while also trying to care for an energetic toddler. Remember, my oldest is adopted, so I hadn't experienced postpartum with him, and it was a shock. 
The more I talk to other women, the more I hear that postpartum is a difficult, disorienting, and exhausting time for most of us, which is why I'm so thrilled that this episode is sponsored by NUMA, a company dedicated to helping women recover from childbirth by curating all of the best postpartum essentials in one kit. With the NUMA kit, you can have peace of mind knowing that you will be fully prepared for whatever comes at you in your postpartum season. You won't have to run to the drugstore in the middle of the night. You'll have everything you need in your kit and ready to go. In my opinion, the very best part of these kits is the one-of-a-kind NUMA-branded nursing tank tops and undies, which are soft, stretchy, modern, and made with the postpartum body in mind. These are about 100 times better than the mesh undies from the hospital. Every little postpartum necessity is included in this kit, so if you know anyone who's pregnant, give her a NUMA kit for Christmas and be her hero. Go to numakits.com and use the code 3 and 30 at checkout for 10% off. That's NUMA, N-U-M-A, kits.com. And final announcement, the last essential thing that I think any mom needs, which sadly cannot be included in a NUMA kit, is, can you guess what I'm going to say? Counseling. <laughs> you all know how much I love therapy, and I first started going when I was an overwhelmed new mom, and I still go today. Counseling has absolutely transformed my life and my emotional resilience, and I am honored to partner with BetterHelp Online Counseling as our monthly sponsor of 3 and 30 for November. BetterHelp makes it easy for moms to get the emotional support they need because appointments are offered online on your schedule without the need to line up childcare or drive to and from appointments. BetterHelp has a network of over 3,000 licensed professional counselors who can support you with whatever you are currently struggling with. Relationships, communication, anger, stress, anxiety, depression, insomnia, and more. So what are you waiting for? If you've heard me talking about BetterHelp in the past and you thought, I should probably do that, but you haven't taken action, I challenge you to go for it right now. Head into the holiday season with some extra emotional support from a licensed professional counselor and get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash 3and30. That's betterhelp.com slash 3and30. And now on to the show. This is how and why to journal, even if you are not a journaler. I'm honored today to be interviewing my friend Kim Christensen. Kim is a lifelong writer, journaler, and book lover. She is the co-founder of Loom Journals and chief product officer at Promptly Journals, Loom's new home. She also shares book recommendations for kids and adults, as well as articles on motherhood and mindfulness online at TalkWordy to Me. On top of all of that, Kim is a mother of three and a stellar human being, and it's so exciting for me to be able to interview her today. So Kim, welcome to 3 and 30. Thank you. I, I'm like having a really big moment right now because I've loved your podcast for so long. And although we're, you know, friends and in yeah. that way, I just feel so honored to be here and so excited. <laughs> thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And I do want to start off by just saying thank you publicly for all the help that you have given me on the Flex of Gold Journal, which just came out and I'm so excited about. And you're actually one of the very first people I ever told about mm -hmm. my idea for the Flex of Gold Journal. And I know some people would be kind of protective over their information because you're also, you also, you know, you're in a journaling company, mm -hmm. but you have been so generous to share your insider tips with me and help me all along the way. And that's just totally who you are. So thank you so much for all your help. Oh, you're so welcome. I love what you're doing and the journal you created is so thoughtful 
and such an incredible tool for women. So I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And I love the journals that you've created. I'm sure we're going to dive into some of those and talk about some of those within the episode. We are both kind of geeky journalers, so this could be a good discussion. Let's just dive right in to all things journaling, shall we? Yes, please. This is my dream come true. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Me too. So let's do it. And we do want to um, make this really accessible for people. We understand that not everybody loves journaling and writing like we do, but we really believe that the practice of journaling, and it's not just that we believe it, research supports that journaling can really improve your health, your happiness, and your family relationships. And Kim, do you want to just start in with your first takeaway? Yes, I would love to. So my first takeaway is to write what you feel. And the reason I lead with that is because of what you just said. A lot of people have these preconceptions about journaling, that it has to be documenting everything they did in a given day or month or year. And then they quickly feel behind Mm. because who writes everything they've done, you know? And so let go of the need to document all the events and just free write everything that's in your mind and heart. When you open your journal, you'll find so much freedom and release in that. And with that comes with letting go of filters and grammar and any, any notion that you feel like you have to be a good writer to journal Mm. because that really has nothing to do with it. Yes. And it can be such a powerful mindfulness tool writing can and journaling. And so I just want to help people understand that they don't have to follow any prescribed rule or any notion of what journaling should be, but just to write what's in there, write what you feel, write what's on your mind and heart. And that's where the magic is. Yes. And I love what you said there about it's a tool. It's a mindfulness tool. It changes the way that you think and the way that you process your experiences. It's much more about that than about the words that even end up on the paper. And I think people kind of stress out about the words that end up on the paper, that they need to be a certain way. But even if you never go back ever and reread your journals, it will still have been worth doing because of the processing of your experiences and your emotions and the healing and whatever came about as a result of you doing the journaling and the writing. Ah, yes. You took the words out of my mouth. I couldn't have said them better because I was gifted a journal when I was five years old. That was my first journal. And my mom had just gotten remarried and it was a tricky time for me. I became, you know, the middle child of a ton of siblings. Mm. I'm one of 16 children in my family. Wow. And it's a lot. And so at that time, when my mom got remarried, I... I needed a little extra love and attention, right? And she handed me this journal as a way for me to find my voice and be able to express what I was going through. And also as a way to connect with her because I was only five years old. I wasn't fully, you know, writing big, long sentences or anything. And I could think and talk faster than I could write. And so she would sit with me sometimes and ask me questions and write down my answers. Mm. And what that did for me was... (laughs) was incredible, not only in finding that form of expression and mindfulness and therapy, honestly, but also seeing that she cared enough about me individually, even though I was one of a ton of kids she had to take care of. And so that since then, I filled, you know, 30 plus journals 
full of just my writing. Mm. And like you said, people ask me, they're like, are you going to digitize them? I'm like, I don't know, maybe, but it's not really about what's in them. Like Mm. you said, it's about what that journaling did for me. And it gave me my voice and it helped me understand how important it was to stop and, you know, process experiences and feelings. Mm. And what a gift that is for any of us, but children too. Like, It's, and that's why, you know, we create connection journals, parent-child connection journals. Yes. And I was just going to say that my, my favorite of all of the journals and you guys make some amazing journals, but my very favorite is that parent-child, the Loom journal, your original that has questions on one side of the page for the parent to answer. And then the same questions on the other side of the page for the child to answer. That's one of the sections in the journal. There's lots of different sections, but just having that opportunity to connect in that way and to kind of write letters back and forth to each other. I mean, right when I saw it, it spoke to me because I love journaling. I love writing and I would have loved to do something like this with my mom when I was younger. But I found that even Noah, my son, he doesn't really like writing. He's not naturally going to Like this wouldn't really appeal to him, but since we started doing it, we kind of started doing it as part of his COVID school and he really enjoys it and looks forward to it. So we each write and then um, we'll read our answers together. We'd sit on the couch and read our answers. And he really loves connecting with me in that way. So I don't know if he has yet gotten to the point where the writing actually is like cathartic for him, but the connection after with me is, and so there's so many creative ways to use journaling to connect and process. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was six and I started my first journal when I was seven and I'd never like explicitly connected that, but I wonder if that was connected where I kind of needed a place to write some thoughts and things. Very, very simple. I still have that journal and it's very simple. But when my mom, her cancer went into remission and then it came back when I was in middle school, my aunt gave me a a journal. They call it like a playbook journal. It gave me a place to write wish lists and draw my dream house and different things. And that was so healing for me at a time in my life when I was really struggling and going through something difficult, just doing those kind of imaginative exercises. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that you've incorporated that in some of your journals And I do want to bring back to what you said about just writing what you feel and how important that can be. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been talking about children and how it's so important for them, but have you had experiences even as an adult where just doing this kind of unedited, just dump of emotions in a journal has helped you to process what you're going through and get some emotions out? Yes. (laughs) Yes. A resounding (laughs) yes. I... Most recently, maybe a week ago, I was on a plane ride and I had had an experience, you know, right before I got on the plane at work and I was feeling some frustration and negativity that was really nagging me. And I was on my way to spend time with women and to have a positive experience there. And I didn't want these negative feelings to come with me, but I was on a plane. There was nothing I could do. Like I was, I felt a little trapped. But then (laughs) I didn't, I was going to watch a movie, but I didn't have any headphones. So I'm like, fine, I'm going to write. And so I just journaled and usually I pen and paper journal, but I just had my laptop. So I just typed out all my feelings and emotions. Not, I didn't try and like sway my thoughts and my writing to be, you know, perfect and kind and happy. I wrote what was in there and some of it, Mm. you know, angry and frustrated and resentful. And I wrote it all out and I wrote and wrote and wrote. And 
but I felt so markedly better afterward. And instead of having to project that anguish and frustration I was feeling on someone else or bring it with me on that trip where I was trying to get away from that stuff, I was able to release it in a healthy way and clear it so that I could make space for what I wanted to be thinking about and feeling and focusing on. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this type of journaling does. And I try and do it personally. People get intimidated by this because, so I don't recommend like, don't do it every day if you're not ready for that. Like just find a time that works for you and put a reminder in your phone for once a week or whatever. But, but I do it every day because it clears my mind and it really is the best form of therapy I have found. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I I think this is so powerful to not filter yourself, to just let all those emotions out. And even if they're angry or whatever, and it helps to give you some clarity around them so you can start to see where maybe you're at fault and where what things you can do to move forward in certain situations. One thing that people often ask me in connection with journaling, they're afraid to put down the deepest, darkest stuff because they're afraid that other people might see it or they they think, you know, I would never want my posterity to know that I had these thoughts or whatever. So people will ask me if it's okay to destroy their journaling after. And what do you think about that? This is a really good question and one I get a lot too. First off, yes, if you want to destroy it, you can. Mm-hmm. But my way of thinking, and not everyone has to think this way, is how valuable it might be for someone to read that. Mm -hmm. And I know it makes some people cringe, but for me, I want my children, not now when they're young kids that they don't understand, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of things, but someday when I'm a grandma or, or dead and gone, or, you know, later in life for them to read my truest thoughts and feelings and what I was going through, I think will bring them hope and Everyone, everyone has ugly, I'll call them ugly feelings. Everyone has hard thoughts and and goes through hard things in their marriages as parents, as individuals. And to read things like that, because my mom kept a journal and she she actually compiled some entries in a book for us. And there's some hard stuff in there. Hmm. I cry every time I open that thing. But Mm -hmm. it made me feel closer to her because I'm like, oh, like she's, we're more alike than I thought. And Mm -hmm. where I come from, and this is how she worked through it, you know? And so there's a lot of value in that honest writing. I tuck these journals away in my box and I'm like, "Hmm, I hope someone reads them someday, even though there's some ugly stuff in there. I think it will help more than it will hurt. Yes. I could not agree more. And I didn't even bait you to say what I always say, but that is exactly my thought process and what I usually tell people. Of course you can destroy it if you want to, but your children will learn so much from seeing you work through hard stuff and from hearing the hardships that you went through and the maturity that you gained over time and how you overcame and how God blessed you and all those things. Like it's a true chronicle of life. And do you want them to just only know the rosy parts of your story or not? You know, and another thing is that I think we can forget we ourselves can forget how painful an experience was or how much we've grown and and to go back and read our own writing and be like, oh yeah, that's how I felt. And that can make us more compassionate and empathetic. I think it can give us more grace for our children when I think my kids are being so high maintenance or whatever. And then I look back at my middle school journal and I'm like, 
oh yes, I was exactly the same way, you know? <laughs> and I can see that in there. I'm like, they're going to be just fine. This is just part of it. So it gives it gives you perspective as well. It's not just about other people reading it later. It might be you reading it later and giving you some perspective. Yes, I love that. Exactly. And that's something that I love to do is to once in a while, I don't do it often, maybe once a year at the end of the year, but go back and look through and read through some things that I've written because it really can provide some amazing perspective. And I also like to go through my journals from when I was my kids' ages and they get a huge kick out of that. They mm -hmm. love to read about what was on my Christmas list. They love to read about what I was into and they just spend so much time pouring over those and finding, you know, those similarities between us. So it can oh, be yeah. a connecting experience. Definitely. Oh, perfect. And what's your second takeaway? So my second takeaway is to try gratitude journaling. And this can be a really simple way to get into the habit of journaling. If you're not already in the habit, it's so quick and easy to do, but it's also kind of the biggest bang for your buck because gratitude is one of the most well-researched, you know, practices to foster in order to up your well-being. So there's just, there's so much research about gratitude and how it can help us emotionally and physically. And gratitude journaling takes minutes, but it can revolutionize your way of thinking and being. And this is, this is why I love your Flex of Gold journal, because you're calling out the good in your day amidst all the not good, you know, mm -hmm. even on your worst day, you can always find something that you can call out that's good. And it doesn't mean you have to be like, oh, today was great. And you don't have to be cheesy and you don't have to force it. You don't have to be fake, but there's always something, however simple that you can find that was good about that day. And when you end the day on that note, you're setting yourself up for a better next day. So yes. I love gratitude journaling for that reason, because it's been shown to guard against depression, winter blues, anxiety, and it's something that, you know, everyone can do. You can write one sentence a day of something that makes you feel grateful. Mm -hmm. And it's it struck me when you said that research has shown that it helps us physically, because I'm like, of course it helps us emotionally, but is, do you have any studies or what can you tell us about that, that it helps us physically? Yeah, definitely. I love, I love that stuff. So Sean Acor, who is a happiness researcher, he, in a study, he had muscular dystrophy patients write something good once a day. And they were able to drop their medication doses by half within six months. And what? that's huge for muscular dystrophy, right? Wow. Actually, I think I said he had them do it. I'm not sure if this was a study he personally did, but he it's one that he quoted and researched. Mm. Um, so that's writing. And with writing for just two minutes, your accuracy improves and your stress level goes down. Mm. Imagine what 10 minutes can do. That's two minutes. Yes. Yes. And it, do you know if it's more connected to journaling, like with paper and pen, the benefits, or does it not matter? It's just a matter of getting it out of your head and you could do it on a computer too. Yeah, this is a tricky question. So it, I would first of all say, do it however you can. And yes, you will see the benefits. If you if it works better for you to type and type on a computer to get those thoughts out, definitely do that. And sometimes I do both. I'll switch off. Like I said, on the airplane, I wrote it out on my computer and I for sure felt the benefits 100%. Mm -hmm. But there is something to the pen and paper. And there's a psychoanalyst that 
researches journaling. Her name is Maud Purcell. Um, and she says that writing accesses the left hemisphere of the brain, which is analytical and rational. And while your left brain is occupied, your right brain is free to do what it does best, which is to create, intuit, and feel. And this mm -hmm. way, writing removes mental blocks and allows us to use more of our brain power to better understand ourselves and the world around you. So basically, while you're writing, you know, that analytical side, that monkey brain, that logical side of your brain is occupied and distracted so that you can really open up what you're really feeling and experiencing. You can clear away, you can clear away some of that muck and get to that and be able to see it and process it. Mm. So that writing is really powerful. So if you can do that, even if it's not every time, just taking some time once a week, maybe to put pen to paper for you and your kids, if you have kids, that can be a really powerful practice. Yes. And that's, I feel like I do love gratitude journals or like the flexible journal for that, because a lot of times it just gives you a little bit of space. So it's not daunting for me to get out pen and paper and write that way. Whereas when I'm really like need to process an experience, a lot of times I do type it because it's almost like my fingers can keep up with my brain faster when I'm typing. So if I really, I mean, the other day I sat and I, I typed six pages of thoughts about mm -hmm. some a situation going on in my life. It was a little too daunting for me to sit down and think about handwriting all of that. So so I think having like a hybrid where you do have a practice, a daily practice where you're writing by hand and maybe a prompted journal of some sort. And then if you need to do some really deep type work, that's going to take longer. Of course, obviously you can do that pen and paper too, but don't feel bad. I think people think it has to be a certain way. It has to be yeah. in a beautiful bound spiral book written by hand in calligraphy. You know, it's like, no, so much of my journaling is on the computer because it's faster and I can really get a lot of my thoughts out quickly. And that totally counts too. Yes. I love that. And I will say with specifically to gratitude journaling, my mom gave us each a gratitude journal when we were teenagers, it became kind of her standard gift that we could expect every year under the Christmas tree. We got a gratitude journal from her. And I love that. And I also love what that taught us about what she valued because my mom had breast cancer my entire life. Like she went in and out of remission from the time I was six to when she passed away when I was 19. If there was anybody who had a reason to not be grateful it was her, you know, and yet she was always teaching us to focus on gratitude and joy. And that's how she lived. And so that was a really meaningful gift for us to get year after year. And so I would even encourage people listening if they have a preteen age child or a teenage child to give them a gratitude journal and maybe make it a yearly gift that you give to them. Tell us a little bit about the Promptly Gratitude Journal and how you've set that up. Yeah, so it's just a year of gratitude. You can start at any point in the year, um, and it's you can write once a day these these quick prompts, or you can wait till the end of the week and write in you know answer all seven of the prompts. But what I love about it is that the prompts are not just cheesy, top of the head, cliche things that you might ask about gratitude or you know too general, like what are you grateful for today? Or which is a good question still. But I, I just like the promptly journal the gratitude journal because it it goes a little deeper and asks questions like, what piece of modern technology are you most grateful for? 
or what's something specific someone did for you today that made you feel gratitude. It just helps you get outside the box and thinking about gratitude and really call out the good in your day. Yeah. And I love that too, because the journal that my mom gave to us, it just had the date and then space. And so it was just like, write something you're grateful for today, you know, which was great, Mm. but I think it's so unique to have different prompts to get you thinking of different angles of gratitude and just how much there really is things you would maybe never consider that you're grateful for until someone specifically asks you to think about Mm -hmm. it and write it down. I think that's really powerful. And like I said, such a good practice for teenagers to start learning to view the world that way Mm -hmm. um, and to look for the gratitude. So I think that this would be a fabulous gift for for a teenager this Christmas, a promptly gratitude journal. Just saying, just putting that in there. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. And that leads into my third takeaway, which is just start journaling today. Just start. The best time to start anything is now. Don't overthink it. Just try it. And all you have to do is commit to picking up your journal and your pen. If you write one word, great. If you write a sentence, a paragraph, seven pages, awesome. You might try putting a reminder in your phone to write every Sunday or at the same time every day or every week. However you journal and whenever you do it, you will come to see the benefits and it'll become more of a second nature to you. Mm. You'll actually start to crave it as an outlet. And that's when it it gets amazing is when when you see what a difference it makes in your life and in your emotional and like we talked about, even physical well-being you will start to see the magic of journaling and you will want it in your life. Mm, That's so powerful. And I couldn't agree more about just start. Just, I feel like so often we think we need to go back and make up for lost time. And so it's like, well, there's no point in journaling. You know, I've, I have to first catch up and that's just not true. Like start with today and go forward. And I, I hope people know that too, even with the flex of gold journal that If you miss a few days or a few weeks writing in there, don't stop because of that. Just start with today and start and don't feel like you have to go backwards. Just go forwards and something is better than nothing. Always. I love that. Yes. Release the guilt. I'm a lifelong journaler and writer, but I've gone months at a time without writing and that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's about for you. It's not for someone else. It's about more than memories. It's a mindfulness practice, like we talked about, to help you become more aligned with who you are and the life you want. And I Mm. I just want everyone to experience this without thinking they have to officially be a writer or journaler. This is for everyone. So that's your challenge today, everybody, is start today. Even if you don't have a beautiful notebook, maybe you can order one of those later. For now, just get a sheet of paper and write, start writing some things down. What's a prompt that they could start with today, Kim, to get them thinking, to get them going? Yes. So my prompt would be, what are five things you want people to know you for? Hmm. And maybe maybe some of these things on that list, people already know you for them. So think about that. Hmm. But maybe there are some things that you want to focus on more. So, But it's kind of fun yeah. to think about that in a quick quick way that takes two minutes to get more aligned with who you want to be. Beautiful. And I didn't even give you notice on that. I just put you on the spot, but I figured since you own a journal company that creates prompts for journals, you could probably do it on the spot. I would have been worried if I couldn't have done that. (laughs) 
Well, thank you so, so much, Kim, for coming on and sharing these takeaways with us and for all your help for me creating my journal. And I appreciate you so much. And we're just so glad that you gave us your time on 3 and 30. Well, I feel the same way about you. This has been so fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me and Kim as we discussed our shared passion for journaling on today's episode. By way of recap, here are your three takeaways. First, write what you feel. Let go of the need to document all the events or have perfect spelling and grammar and just free write everything that's in your mind and heart. Remember that journaling is more about the processing of experiences than it is about the words that end up on the paper. And a great way for children to process their experiences is through the Parent-Child Connection Journal by Loom. I love it and I'll put the links to that in the show notes. Second, try gratitude journaling. This has been scientifically proven to improve mental and physical health, and a great way to do this, in my very biased opinion, (laughs) would be through a Flex of Gold journal where you can document your beautiful moments in motherhood. I'd also recommend a Promptly Gratitude journal for any preteens or teenagers in your life. Third and finally, start today. Don't feel like you have to go back in time and document all of the memories you've missed. Just start with today and move forward. If you don't know where to start, write about something that's currently troubling you or on your mind or heart, or consider Kim's prompt to write down five things you would like to be known for and why. Don't overthink it, just start. My friends, even if you have never considered yourself a journaler, even if you hate writing, I know this practice will benefit your life in the present and bless your posterity in the future. One of my favorite quotes about journaling is from Spencer W. Kimball, and it says this, Your journal is your autobiography, so it should be kept carefully. You are unique, and there may be incidents in your experience that are more noble and praiseworthy in their way than those recorded in any other life. There may be a flash of illumination here and a story of faithfulness there, You should truthfully record your real self and not what other people may see in you. What could you do better for your children and your children's children than to record the story of your life, your triumphs over adversity, your recovery after a fall, your progress when all seemed black, your rejoicing when you had finally achieved? Get a notebook, a journal that will last through all time, and maybe the angels may quote from it for eternity. Begin today. We can do this, my friends, and we can start small and simple. A Flex of Gold journal is a perfect way to start, so if you are feeling inspired, don't wait. As soon as you turn off this episode, order one. Remember, it's on sale this week only. I'll put the link in the show notes, and I'll be thinking of you this week as we celebrate Thanksgiving here in the United States. I want you to know that I'm grateful for you and this community that has brought so much goodness into my life, and I hope that you have a beautiful week with your family. I'm Stacy Toth. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical, looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You might be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at band camp... Uh, uh, Not now, Stacey. Oh, right. Sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again. 
The whole view is exactly that, a comprehensive and holistic look at important topics that likely resonate with you. We also take a body positive approach. And instead of engaging in diet culture, we focus on what the actual medical research says are the healthiest choices in terms of diet, lifestyle, and non-toxic living. And we're not afraid to bust myths that are trending in health conscious communities. Join us to laugh and learn and just feel like you're hanging out with your two nerdiest besties. Check out the whole view podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.